0: Welcome, everyone. This is Local Bag Once More. You're listening to No Police Radio here on KDBS. The song that we just heard was We Shall Overcome by Pete Seeger off of... This is a classic folk music compilation. Um, But yeah, we're just going to jump right into the programming. We have lots to discuss today, many voices to hear, and I'll have my co-hosts introduce themselves.
1: Hey, everyone. I'm Abby, your other DJ for today. Uh, So... This week, we are going to be talking with folks about the events that played out this past week on campus when UC Davis played willing host to a talk by the founder of Turning Points USA, an extremist right-wing organization that's hostile to professors, unions, the LGBTQI community, racial justice, reproductive rights activists, women's rights, etc all in the face of clear opposition from students and faculty groups and an active and organized protest at the site of the talk itself. Kirk spoke in front of a crowd of several hundred people and in this episode, we'll be talking with folks about that event, the efforts to stop it and or register dissent, the university's willingness to host these events and the best way to fight them. So. We'll be hearing from several folks on several sides of that issue, and uh, we'll we'll be jumping in in just a second.
2: What's that villain doing? Wait, this, your voice sounds familiar. Oh, I should. You see, I don't want to marry him.
3: He has done to our peaceful world i despise him he intends to destroy all of us if i persist in refusing him even now Shaitan never came so ill he got skill met a brother from the grill that gave my spine chills all 33 nerves controlling my curves common sense just swerved every time i got served stress frustration empty rhetoric cold as winter in connecticut compassion like in deficit thought it was love like sent from above you're not a soulmate with ways and actions of a crime. Who by lower senses coming, faker than extensions. Pissed away all good intentions. Out of here, sister was missing. Intuition, maybe it was me I couldn't see. Holding on to fantasy, getting bitten by reality. Poor wounds, purple heart,
4: love veteran, Morphine, painkillers, drugs and medicine. Anything just to forget the hurt. Incoming, Take cover, hit the dirt. On the front line, there's casualties in the line. and the O-W's get left behind. Mentally scarred for life. Love is war and some chicks are just too
3: hard to wipe. I should have deaded it from Genesis instead of hitting the Guinnesses. Now I'm free falling, cursing, matching, street rolling. ceased calling, no appetite for be stolen So deep all in, I bet he never...
0: All right, we are back. More of that song later to come. That was MF Doom and... Once again this is uh I'm Local Bag and I have my I'm with here with my co-host Abby and we're going to be speaking today with two UC Davis community members or just Davis community members Doodle and Renee.
1: And in this first part of the show we're hoping to get a sense of the larger sort of universe of university uh sort of policies and justifications and all the things that that happen behind the scenes to uh, to sort of produce and and um, that result in such a contentious event, um, and so uh, I guess the the sort of first question that I have for uh, Renee would be um, how how does the university justify hosting these kinds of speakers on campus? What what's in the university's interest, or how does it what is it sort of public spans on uh, inviting these kinds of folks to campus to talk?
5: Uh, Well, thanks for having me, everyone at at NPR. Uh, You know, it's a a two-part justification. On the one hand, there's this claim that as a state institution, which the university is, of course, uh, it it can't abridge anyone's free speech according to the First Amendment, which is true. Let's grant that for a moment. Uh, But that doesn't mean the university, you know, that any state institution is obliged to host anyone. It's not like if someone shows up on the steps of the Environmental Protection Agency office and says, you know, I want to talk to everyone about how much I love pretzels. You have to give me a a platform. They're not obliged to do that. So they can't abridge anyone's speech, but that doesn't mean they're obliged to host them. That's where the second part of the justification comes in. And in this case, that goes to the university's justification. The chancellor, uh, Gary May, I believe is his name, his justification is: Well, this speaker, Charlie Kirk, was invited by a registered student organization, so we're obliged to honor that invitation, and we can't abridge what he says because of the first part, freedom of speech, First Amendment, etc. That second part, we've already noted, the first part is very limited and it doesn't require you to give anyone a platform. The second part says the platform is required. But, of course, that's not nonsense. Like, supposing I were a student and decided to start an organization, that I, a student organization, that I claimed was in support of, you know, a UC Davis roller skate dance troupe called Sparkle Motion. So I start my Sparkle Motion student group, and it's approved through the student, uh, you know, the office that, that uh, um, coordinates student activities. They support us. They even give us a small grant to pay for snacks for our our quarterly meetings, and Sparkle Motion lives. And then, as Sparkle Motion, let's say we invite the Grand Imperial Wizard of the KKK to give a talk. Can we imagine the university would then say, "Well, we have no choice. Sparkle Motion is a registered student organization. We must host the head of the KKK." Obviously, that wouldn't happen. Obviously. There are considerations as to whether the invitation is legitimate, whether it serves the purpose of the university. In fact, the famed constitutional law scholar Robert Post from the Yale Law School uh, has discussed this. Uh, It has to be measured according to whether it uh, is appropriate for the university and serves the university's educational mission. And if it does not, the university is indeed utterly free. Gary May is utterly free to not provide a platform. The head of the the Ku Klux fan can say whatever they want, but they don't have to be uh, do so with the university's uh, provided platform. So it's nonsense, and Gary May is, uh, to use a technical term, a liar.
1: So that's really interesting. This idea that since they're not obligated to take everyone, then they're always drawing the line somewhere with every speaker, right? And uh, it, so it, a, a speaker like this comes along. And they make the claim, you know, this speaker can go forward. Ergo, uh, you know, this this sits within that that larger sort of mission that you talked about. Um, I mean, it's 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 complicated because you know the chancellor seemed uh, the university seemed to want to have it both ways by releasing all sorts of statements that they don't support this person's speech, but they are indeed, as you said, sort of obligated, right? They seem to the the official sort of rhetoric seem to want to claim that they were obligated to to host this person, right? but but, what you're saying is that's just not true.
5: It's really not. and it's it's I think you've drawn out the crucial uh, sort of oddity of the whole scenario, which is at every turn, there's a claim that a decision is not being made, But in effect, a decision is always being made. As soon as we can imagine a speaker, the university would not host, and it's actually quite easy to imagine. Um, we know that the sort of politics of the university is historically antithetical to universities to practice speech all the time. For example, even at this, at this present moment, they're deciding whether or not to consider you know, this, this sort of broad rubric whereby all anti-Zionist statements are considered anti-Semitic and thus disallowed. Uh, right? So they're always considering what kind of speech is allowed and what kind of speech is not allowed. And then periodically, when it suits their interest, they suddenly pretend they're not considering that and these events are happening magically in some way that's beyond their control. And that's, you know, pure dissembling. It's simply not what's happening. Decisions are being made. And whether or not that's disavowed publicly, at some point you have to act like a grown-up and say people are what they do, right? It's not, it's everyone disavows the terrible, awful. Insupportable, indefensible things they do, and says, "Well, they have no choice. They would rather not, but you know, as long as they do it, that's what, that's what they want to do."
1: Right, um, and I guess I'm I'm sort of further curious uh, in terms of who who sort of bears the cost or what is the cost of of hosting these events, right? Uh, both in terms of uh, you know direct material costs, right? Like, you know, who's 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 paying to turn the lights on? Who's paying to uh, to do all of the the logistics involved uh, and we can uh, we'll get into in a minute you know the the sort of exact logistics that were involved uh, in this particular speaker but then also uh, what about the costs to the wider campus just in terms of the, uh, the sort of controversy around this and I would I would throw this open uh, to, to either Renee or Doodle
6: yeah um, hi I'm Doodle or Renee did you want to go
5: Oh, no, I'm happy to have you answer this question. I'll just say like a brief preface, which is I think it's really important to get into the actual economic costs of events like this. But also it's really important to remember to get back to what we were discussing a minute ago, that even if the costs are borne entirely by TPUSA or Charlie Kirk or some third party supporter of of TPUSA, someone still has to accept that payment, right? UC Davis still has to make the choice to take that money, which is to say they have the choice to not take that money. So there's no way out of this by saying, well, well, it didn't cost UC Davis anything because it's being paid for by someone else. That means UC Davis took money to have a great replacement theory supporter give a talk on campus, and we should be aware of that. Doodle, sorry to butt in. I'd love to hear what you have to say. Please go ahead.
6: Yeah, um, I just kind of want to touch on that a little bit and expand on it. Um, because as we like understand the university and how it's institutionalized, like it it is motivated by profit and it's motivated by money and, and getting money through any way they can. And we know that the UC system has contracts with like military defense corporations and like police departments and like major surveillance corporations as well. And so I wouldn't say that I'm really surprised if they accept money from Turning Point USA because the university is also accepting money from these like massive forces of military violence and evil. And I'm not saying that to like downplay the like disgusting rhetoric that Turning Point USA pushes and the violence that it can um inspire, but I'm saying that like it's not surprising to me that the university would accept that because if we take a look at why the University of California and specifically u c Davis have such robust stem programs it's because of all the funding that they get from military contracts and defense contracts and surveillance contracts so um yeah, that was the first point that I wanted to make.
1: Okay, so if we and and like I think it's it's worth, you know, looking at the the sort of conundrum that comes out there, right? They can't they can't accept payment or they don't want to accept payment uh because then it implies that they're in a, a sort of for-profit relationship uh with these sort of controversial speakers and yet uh you know, the, there is there is a cost to these events and I think uh i'd you know i'd i'd wanna hit both the the sort of material monetary cost to these events but then also uh you know what it what it means to to sort of plunge your campus into this kind of conflict and then claim you know uh that we're still a community somehow on the other side right um
6: yeah, yeah um so i was kind of just scouring through different university websites and tabs today. Um, just familiarizing myself with like, the student organizing process and different like, forms that student organizations have to fill out and um, these like quote unquote regulations and whatnot. Um, so the first thing that I
0: wanted to touch on was the um, police presence. Sorry, one quick question. I just want to clarify for the listeners. Um, These are things that have to be done in order to put on an event like this. Like we're talking about what it means for a student organization to host a speaker and to put on an event like, you know, whether it's in the U Center or whether it's Mm -hmm. in like a classroom. So these are the, these are like the logistics that go into planning that? Yeah. Okay, for sure. Go ahead. So,
6: So to plan an event, it depends on the venue that You are choosing um, the size of your event, et cetera, et cetera, and who you're going to bring. Um, So if you're having a guest speaker and this guest speaker is a professor um, from within the university system or within the very university that you're at, it's pretty smooth sailing, relatively speaking. Um, That just depends on that individual person's, um, like, policies and like payment etc etc like payment for labor and like traveling costs etc like lodging whatnot um but when it comes to inviting kind of more household or like more popular names out there such as kirk um you usually will have to book a room that will cost your student organization money you can't just book any random room in a random hall in the university because student organizations do have access to this. They can access to like book classrooms or lecture halls for their meetings, for their everyday types of meetings every week, biweekly, et cetera. Um, but when it comes to booking things like the youth center, Mondavi, etc., these really, these bigger rooms, there are, there are costs um, like monetary costs that student organizations have to take into account. And have to discuss with some type of administrator, usually through the Sten- uh, Center for Student Involvement. Um, and, like, depending on your organization, it can also be through the Cross Cultural Center, et cetera, et cetera, whatever student involvement center or committee that your club is um, kind of involved with. So, for the U Center, um, I want to say it. It was like a couple, I think it's a couple hundred dollars to rent out the youth center for a day. And that money is to be provided by the student organization, quote, unquote. Um, And this can be done in a lot of ways. Some student organizations crowdfund, they have bake sales, et cetera, et cetera. They have, they sell tickets. Um, We know that for the Kirk event, it was free. So they did not have to do anything like that um i would assume that either the national organization of turning point usa paid for the chapter um, and gave them funds in order to do this or the student organization applied for grants there is the club finance council grant which offers student organizations up to three thousand dollars per year Or per event, depending on the timings of the events, if they're not too close to each other, um, if they are, like, major events and, like, bringing guest speakers, booking out big halls or big ballrooms, etc. So, with booking the Youth Center, that definitely was, I think, at least $400 just for the Youth Center, not including any type of, um, like, setup material that they had to provide for themselves or... um, like security, that they wanted to request. If you want me to also talk about that, I can get into that as well.
1: I mean, I think what's what I'm what I'm hearing, uh, sort of loud and clear, is that the the university is involved, uh, kind of deeply at at each stage of of planning one of these events, and has multiple sort of opportunities. To, uh, to To intervene if they want to, uh, or to press forward and yes. assist if they want to yeah uh, and so when an event comes together and comes off uh, it's there's no way uh, to sort of see it as um, something that simply had to happen, but mm-hmm. we we don 't condone and don't support but but we had to allow. Um, you know uh, that that sort of uh, impossible middle position that that Renee was talking about earlier.
6: Yeah. Um, oh wait, Renee, did you want to go? Well, yeah. I I would say I think
5: it's it's important to understand it's not just that the university, uh, Gary May in particular, have the opportunity to intervene, but it's that an event of this scope. Um, you know, again, this is the uh, you know one of the the two largest event venues on on campus that we're talking about, and it's a large campus. Uh, it's a substantial event. Anyone who was there knows that it took a lot of coordination. There's a lot of security. There's a vast number of police officers. There's a vast number of other operatives working there. It's not just the university has the opportunity to intervene. It's that it's literally impossible to make an event like this happen. Without constant coordination between the university and um, this you know this great replacement theory driving organization, the university chose to be in constant ongoing coordination with them over a sus- sustained period of time. And it's important to understand that. there's no other way that it happens. Doodle back to you.
1: It's almost uh, it's almost a partnership when one, one might say.
6: Yeah um... uh, for,
5: for the period of a couple weeks or a couple months, that's what
6: it is yeah definitely um i know from experience from hosting a guest speaker on this campus um i i don't know what went down with turning point usa and their process of getting this um event to happen but i do know that in my experience of bringing um, a a left-wing guest speaker um It was it was difficult. We were like me and other organizers that I was working with. We were constantly in meetings with administration. They're constantly trying to put regulations on us, trying to um, just make it difficult for us. And they weren't outwardly saying, no, you can't do this. But I could definitely tell that they were trying to make it so difficult for us to the point where we would just give up. And. I'm hesitant to say that they would do the same thing for Turning Point USA. I don't think that they tried making things difficult for Turning Point USA because when the people that I was organizing with and when we were bringing our guest speaker, there were no kind of public comments or trying to save face or anything like that. Um, And with Turning Point USA, there, there were a lot of public comments and a lot of trying to save face from Gary May and the administration which makes me wonder why is that? Why do you Mm -hmm. feel the need to save face if you aren't approving of something like this? Even if you are hiding behind things like freedom of speech, freedom of political expression etc etc if you as an individual and as an institution don't support these types of ideologies and this rhetoric then why are you trying so hard to convince people that you don't? Because it, it, in my experience, when I was trying to work with the university, there was nothing. They, they didn't say anything publicly about the guest speaker that I was bringing. They were just indirectly behind closed doors trying to get me and my comrades to give up on what we were organizing towards. So I would find that really suspicious.
1: So uh what I I guess I'm I'm sort of curious then um either to hear uh from either of you um what's the what do you see as the the, the sort of danger involved in in hosting events like this what is the you know uh if if the as the university claims you know uh these events are are um you know or these kinds of speakers are are odious but necessary or something like that um whatever whatever sort of impossible position it wants to occupy uh what is what is the danger in in letting these things go forward why shouldn't we just you know sort of ignore ignore and move on
5: well look let's accept for a second the framework of free speech and free political expression as as desirable goals. I think there's good reasons to be skeptical of that as a framework, in that it's often proposed a sort of a neutral, uh, you know, out, outside uh, policy that affects everyone equally. And historically, we know that's not true. It's a strategy of, of power to to preserve a, a certain organization, conceptual organization, political organization in its favor. So I think there's reasons to be skeptical of the framework of free speech, free expression, political freedom when it's imposed by institutional hierarchies. But let's accept it for a moment. We should probably ask the question, does an event like that increase, defend, undergird, support free speech and political freedom on campus? I don't think that it does. I think that that event threatens more than one group of people, but let's particularly talk about the extraordinary hostility of TPUSA to uh, trans people, right? Charlie Kirk openly in his podcast called for, without using the word lynch, called clearly for the lynching of trans people. He said, we need to handle that in the fifties and sixties. You know, we just went out and got it done. Uh, You know, whatever it is, he said, Uh, it, it was despite, the sort of desperate and pathetic desire of, of sort of neo-fascists to deny it, a call for the lynching of trans people. Now, in what sense, you would have to ask, does allowing someone who has called for the lynching of trans people to give an event uh, on campus support the freedom of speech and political freedom of trans people on that campus? Does it make trans people feel more able to speak Uh, their mind and their peace in public. Does it make trans people more able to have political freedom in public? No, of course it has the opposite effect, the opposite effect. So to accept events like this in its nature is diminishing. If we accept this framework, the free speech and political freedom of uh, campus members, specific campus members who, um, you know, deserve in particular uh, defense protection, support, and, uh, are getting the opposite. So I don't even think by Gary May's own logic of free speech and political freedom, this event is defensible. And I think we should recognize it what it is, which is not some sort of intellectual salon. Charlie Kirk, I regret to say it because I think there's lots of brilliant people who did not get a formal education, but Charlie Kirk probably should have finished the, uh, the, that school in Chicago that he briefly was enrolled in before dropping out. Uh, He might have benefited from an education, but this wasn't an educational event. It was uh, a recruitment event Mm -hmm. to find more people who will pursue the kinds of policies that TPUSA advocates. We're talking about great placement theory policies that are murderous. We're talking about lynching of trans people, uh, and it's a recruitment event for that. So it's hard to imagine this is producing community safety, that this is com- producing any kind of political freedom, when it's clearly producing the opposite, and that seems like a fair standard to apply in this case.
1: Sure. I, you know, the 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 sort of standard saw goes in, in free sp- speech circles that the answer to, to bad speech is more speech, right? But the nature of this bad speech is that it shuts down speech, right? And so it's it doesn't quite fit. And I do think that... You know, to go back to the, the, the money question for a second, you know, coverage of Kirk's prior speech uh, at, at UCSB uh, just about a week before he, he came to UC Davis uh, n- noted that he, you know, took time out of his busy schedule to, to meet with, with donors, right? And so it's the whole sort of tour around campus isn't so much about spreading speech as it is in spreading ideas, uh as it is about you know sort of fundraising uh for you know fundraising for the organization itself to to further spread its its sort of thought
6: yeah um kind of another thing i wanted to touch on is that the university and i mean this is just kind of like liberal pandering that happens across a lot of institutions corporations but especially in the university Um, system is how there's a lot of talk about diversity and equity and welcoming people of all walks of life and whatnot and and then when the university does so little to um, combat threats physically and like physical and emotional threats to these marginalized groups um, I think it's really important for people to realize that like actions do speak louder than words and looking at what your university does versus what your university says are two very, very different things. When they say they want to create um, a place for people to share ideas and to discuss new ways of thinking, et cetera, et cetera, who is that really for? And like we can talk about this in terms of Turning Point USA and we can also talk about this from like a class perspective because um, ultimately like the university is a pillar of maintaining systems of like white supremacist capitalism and Turning Point USA works to maintain that system. Turning Point USA does not challenge anything and so when a university is saying that they want to support diversity in their student body and in their, in, in their faculty and in their community and in political thought, I struggle to believe that because the things that they do only operate to uphold these oppressive systems of all of the marginalized communities on these campuses and all of these historically oppressed lines of
0: thinking. Right, exactly. Um, Really appreciate both of, you know, what both of you said. Um, And I believe it was Renee who mentioned, um, you know, this wasn't really a meeting. This wasn't a meeting of the minds, as one would say. This was a, um, you know, obviously there's no, well, I like to think that there's not really folks on the UC Davis campus who were attending this event thinking that they would learn something or challenge their current, um, like their current, you know, spectrum of political thought. Um, It was like a recruitment event, and it did serve, I believe it served its purpose. Um, It functioned, again, it functioned exactly like it was supposed to. Um, And, you know, as, you know, the speech itself doesn't support marginalized groups, um, and, you know... In an ideal world, you know this wouldn't we wouldn't be having this conversation and we wouldn't have to deal with like the aftermath of an event like this happening um and you know being in the leftist scene in Davis and just on college campuses in general um when we try and when we try to address things like this happening things like this meaning white supremacist neo nazi speakers on our campus um When we try and do these things and when we try to, you know, there is that phrase, every campus, every town, where they go, we shut them down, like in terms of addressing uh, Turning Point USA as an organization. But once they go, who is the next to go? It is everyone, you know, the university is just going to say, like, once you, you know, you want to not uphold free speech where we're going to take what you had away like we ever had anything but um i think doodle definitely wanted to speak on that like as an organizer in this um in this type of space
6: yeah um i was kind of talking about this earlier before we were on air but i've i've been really like struggling to um take like a like a strong stance on whether or not i like support the like removal of groups like turning point usa off of campus because in theory i i don't like anything that they have to say i don't think they have anything positive to (laughs) offer to society i think their ideology is abhorrent i think people associated with turning point usa are really hateful and like disgusting and i i think that the university community would be better off without them um but i'm hesitant to firmly take a stance in saying that i want this group formally kicked off campus by administration because as renee mentioned earlier like freedom of speech has a history of being used to push the status quo to push like neoliberalism and neoconservatism and white supremacy and all these institutions that are pillars in the university and pillars in like american culture and american society and politics Mm -hmm. and marginalized groups have had this freedom of speech and freedom of political expression violated constantly throughout american history and so what i'm i'm really hesitant about is that if the day comes where the administration feels that they can start banning political groups on campus, objectively speaking, if they feel like they can start banning political groups on campus, we know that from historical accounts, Turning Point USA is not going to be the one and only. Mm -hmm. And I, I know in my heart that the next groups that they will go for will be groups that advocate for prison abolition, for cops off campus, for lowering tuition, for better wages, for the liberation of Palestine, for ending contracts with the military, for ending um, contracts with the Israeli occupation. And any, any left-wing group, like kicking off a political advocacy group, objectively speaking, will set a precedent for the university administration administration to suppress left-wing organizers and left-wing students and faculty alike, and, and that's already happened on this campus before, especially in the context of Palestine, mm-hmm. like this university does have an extensive history of suppressing students and faculty alike in voicing their support for the Palestinian liberation movement. And so, yeah, I, th- I think it's a really slippery slope when calling for the administration to do something about Turning Point USA because we talk about how much we don't trust the, the administration and how the administration is not our friends. And so I don't think we can trust them to take care of this in a way that it needs to be taken care of. But I, I don't have an answer on how I think it should be taken care of, honestly. Besides, like, I don't know, just making them feel, like, so socially unwelcomed.
1: Rene, do you have anything you'd like to add there? We might have lost Rene there. Um, so I I I think it's a complicated issue. Um, I think part of what part of the way that we can think about it, though, uh, or we can think about the asymmetry involved in this particular debate, right? So if we imagine, um, you know, uh, a sort of debate between Turning Points and its critics uh one one side is is calling for the outright elimination of the other right and so it's it's hard to see that as a sort of civil or reasoned debate in in the sort of sense or in the terms uh that this conversation um that that the kind of reasoned discourse that we normally imagine you know free speech laws supposedly protecting uh mm-hmm. sort of proceeding under so Thank you so much to both of you for being here. I think we're going to take a quick break. And uh, when, we're, when we come back, we're going to hear from uh, some folks who uh, were involved in the event uh, in various ways.
2: voice
3: sounds familiar Oh, no, i should you see i do me to marry him after seeing what he has done to our peaceful world i despise him he intends to destroy all of us if i persist in refusing him even now Shaitan never came so ill he got skill met a brother from the grill that gave my spine chills all 33 nerves controlling my curves common sense just swerved every time i got served stress Frustration, empty rhetoric, cold as winter in Connecticut, compassion lacking like, deficit, thought it was love, like sin from above, you not a soulmate, for ways and actions of a primate, rule by lower senses, coming and an than extensions, pissed away all good intentions, out of here sister was missing, intuition, maybe it was me, I couldn't see, holding on to fantasy, getting bitten by reality, Purple wounds, purple heart,
4: love Killers, drugs, and medicine Anything just to forget the hurt Incoming! Take cover, hit the dirt On the front line, there's casualties in the mine And the POWs get left behind Mentally scarred for life, love is war And some chicks are just too
3: hard to wipe I shoulda deaded it from Genesis Instead of hitting the Guinnesses Now I'm free falling Cursing, matching, street rolling, ceased calling no appetite to feast, darling. So deep, all in. I bet he never stopped ballin' women. For sake God, for the sin of a man, sacrifice a whole life for a slice. Overstand? Maybe it's a lack of pigment. Loneliness, imagine pigment. Only got the car kitted to pull extra cheese in it. Damn, Jody, coming with the okey doke, okey poke. Steady rocking boats got me aiming for your throat, sniper scope. Worry, we supposed to elope? Proposed in you froze. I don't think that I can cope. Purple heart, love, veteran, morphine, painkillers, drugs, and medicine—anything just to forget the hurt.
4: Take cover, hit the dirt on the front line. It's casualties in the line, and the POWs get left behind. Mentally start for life, love is war, and some chicks are just too hard to wife.
3: Constant frustration, stemming from a no-win situation, rushing lust to fornication, adding to the complication, patience is a virtue, pain run deep with love, desert you, listening to whispering, choosing chaos over discipline, simpleton, life should really be a piece of intimate relationships, strengthening, flower essence, penstement, gentlemen, my favorite is so I'm never forsaking it. I persevere, making it fit, sculpting and reshaping it, taking sips, for fifth the eighth passion Intense, incense, candles lit, scandalous Emotional, bandages Why would he abandon this? Guess he couldn't handle it The boss is magnanimous wounds, purple heart love Veteran morphine Painkillers, drugs and medicine Anything
4: just to forget the hurt Incoming! Take cover, hit the dirt On the front line It's casualties in the line. And the POWs get left behind Mentally scarred for life Love is war and some chicks are just too hard to wife
1: shoes I don't care mm.
2: hey, look, funny as hell that is that black knee socket stop uh, yeah she looked like she got burnt legs something
1: huh? didn't wash your neck
2: sometimes oh. we don't wash our
5: necks but that's okay well, I washed my neck take, take a look at my neck
2: mm-hmm. hold it right
0: Hey, Bianca.
6: Hey, Emmy. How's it going? Pretty good. I was just thinking about how I don't have any plans for this coming May 12th through 14th. And I'm feeling pretty bummed about it. Still you. That's the weekend of the whole Earth Festival. Of course you have plans, because we're going. Oh my god. That just cured my clinical depression. I've never felt through it like this before. Come to the Whole Earth Festival happening May 12th to 14th for music, food, art, and community. Check out wef.ucdavis.edu for more information.
7: We all know the sounds of stress, but you may not know that your daily stress can affect you physically. Stress can give you sleepless nights, a pounding headache, stomach pains, or worse. If you've lost a job, worry about your next meal, or having trouble making it through the day, we can help. Text STRESS to 211211 to find a
2: solution.
0: All right, that was a little bit of a shaky ending and start as we tried to transition smoothly into the music um that is on me but we are back with no police radio here on kdbs 90.3 fm the song that we listened to right before the uh the quick announcement break was guinness's by mf doom and it's off the album i have no idea it's the one where he's eating cereal on the front cover so if you know you know but yeah, that was the song that we just heard. And thank you again to Renee and Doodle for, um, for the wonderful contributions to this conversation. And unfortunately, we did lose Renee there at the end. But um, yeah, conversations were had nonetheless. And um, I'll pass it on to my co-host, Abby, to introduce the next folks
1: all right so in the first half we got to hear from some folks about how these events come to be why the university hosts them and why the justifications for hosting them are problematic to say the least if not if not worse Um, now we're going to turn to talking with a couple of folks who were directly involved in efforts to either counter these events or who were directly impacted by the fact that the university did decide to go ahead and host uh, a speaker of this nature on campus. So I'd like to introduce Fuente and Amaranth, who are both also uh, members of the UC Davis community. So Fuente, can you tell us a little bit about your experience of the event on Tuesday and what your general impression is of the university uh, the university hosting these kinds of
8: things? Hi, uh, thanks for having me i'm super excited to talk about this honestly scary place we're in in davis history because i don't remember seeing a line of cops in riot gear like that since the george floyd uprisings and to see it in such a small town to protect um a fascist speaker um not Not just to protect a fascist speaker, but to sick riot police on students uh I think about the conversation earlier and how how are we supposed to come out of this uh having a sense of community when the administration feels so comfortable uh sicking batons on its own students uh, I'm having trouble grappling with that
1: yeah absolutely um i mean the the image of uh i i i don't know how how many exactly you know sort of police and riot gear but it was a it was a sort of significant presence uh in front of uh in front of the the, the building sort of and it's it's unclear at that point who who is bre- who is being protected who is being served absolutely.
8: right absolutely it's a there's a beautiful um chant that folks at the protest um chanted a few times especially when known proud boys and known um right-wing streamers were colluding we're seeing colluding with the cops being buddy buddy with the pigs um and we took moments like those to ensure that everyone realized like who exactly are you protecting who exactly are you serving and it's clearly clear that this administration is comfortable with nazi speaking on campus yeah absolutely amaranth would you like to to add anything to that
7: um yeah i definitely agree that it was really really freaky to see riot cops i heard that they were batoning students like physically attacking students um when you know, students, hundreds of students gathered to to try to say like, this kind of thing isn't welcome on our campus, um, but this school was so determined um, to use violence to enforce this incredibly hateful person being able to speak on this campus. Um, it really, it really just feels so horrifying and then it feels so um belittling for gary may to keep putting out all of these little emails where he just dances around the fact that hundreds of students got together to say they didn't want this and he's just talking about like oh coho was open oh davis phoenix coalition had some event on the other side of the of the city or something without even talking about all of the students who got attacked by uc davis
5: cops
7: um it feels um really like nauseating as a trans student honestly
1: yeah we were talking earlier about the the sort of effort by the university uh, and and particularly by by Gary May to, to sort of engage in a kind of double speak where they they want to have it both ways uh, and then afterward uh, you know the official sort of university press release on the event itself sort of played down any kind of conflict right as though uh, you know the reason debate was had by all someone someone spoke and other people registered dissent Um but the, the the sort of mainstream coverage of the event on you know local uh, local outlets like KCRA sort of of course wanted to to play up controversy and to to paint this as a kind of clash be- between police and students. I guess uh, I'm curious to hear from from either of you uh, what what your sort of characterization of of uh, of the events outside uh, out, outside the youth center there. How would you characterize it?
8: Well, the honestly, despite that military militarized line, despite a fascist speaking inside of the U center, uh, a two a group of two hundred mostly queer students showed up for trans rights, and that is in some ways a victory although the event was not shut down um it shows that the student body cares about who comes to their campus the student body um wants to feel visible and like amaranth said this uh institution is not listening to their students voices it highlights how this institution is undemocratic and does not want um a student voice
1: yeah i mean it's 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 just so hard to reconcile uh you know this this sort of fostering fostering of free speech that the university wants to claim is happening with you know the the sort of presence huge presence of police and riot gear uh sort of visibly intimidating uh students and you know the the sort of Uh, presence of Proud Boys on campus who threaten violence, who have, you know, uh, initiated violence uh, against campus community members in prior events, Uh, you know, with with some, you know, sort of wishy-washy, both sidesy, you know, we we can all just sit down and have a conversation. It's it's literally impossible when when one side is claiming or calling for the elimination of the other side. Absolutely. So I'm curious then um, it's it, why you feel like if there is that sort of threat, why do you feel like it's important to go out and uh or or what you think the the uh the the sort of motivation is for for folks to go out and protest in the way that they did as as amaranth mentioned, there were you know other places that people could have gone to to sort of speak their minds. Why is it important that people show up at the event itself and uh, and register that dissent there why why is it worth the physical risk in in the face of both the police and the proud boys and a a sort of visible attempt to to uh intimidate uh and to to sort of shut down or threaten uh to people's presence there
8: uh I have some thoughts about do you want to say anything about that
7: um yeah i can go I can go first um I think that You know, there are a lot of different ways to show resistance, definitely. Um, And I think diversity of tactics is very important. Um, I think with something like this, like these people, like this, like Charlie Kirk, they they want violence. They want to normalize violence. Um, they might be, you know, going about it, ab- about it kind of gently now, like, oh, I didn't technically say that you should kill trans people, but it's pretty clear that the P- his fans know what he's advocating for. You know, um, I mean, he's part of he's a member of the Council of National Policy, which is one of the major organizations in this country pushing for book bans. Uh, pushing for anti-trans legislation all over the country. Um, like they very much want violence. Um, they're like they're trying to make this event as like, oh, you know, it's just it's just a speaker and it's just attendees that are just coming to watch a speaker. like it's this neutral thing, but these people want, they want to eradicate trans people, like, entirely. Um, You can't just host a rally, you know, or just uh, have, like, refuse to engage on principle. Like, that's not going to stop them from actively trying to recruit people, trying to normalize having Proud Boys on campus. I mean, this is the second time that this club has had an event that has brought Proud Boys on campus. Like, at some point we've gotta start putting, putting two and two together that these people really want violence against people just for being who they are. Um, and this has happened in history before. <laughs> This isn't the first time this has happened. And, you know, like this kind of like passive, like, oh, we're not going to engage thing. It doesn't actually confront these problems and stop future people from getting hurt. Um, so that's all I'll say about that. And I'll pass it to you, Sunfei.
8: Yeah. Um, groups like Phoenix Coalition and other uh, Pro queer groups, we should be having these, like, fantastic talks and these moments of queer joy. Any, anytime we can get them, anytime we can create them, um, we shouldn't be instituting queer joy in reaction to fascism. Queer joy should always exist, um, but and in moments where fascism has room to speak that is when we we need queer rage we need to show up and emphasize that we have a place in this university and clearly like that wonderful turnout of the protesters in the face of cops we we were a uh, a beautiful san- uh phrase was thrown around a few times uh that night um stay together, stay tight, and we do this every night, um, that acknowledges that our existence as queer folk is a risk. Every drag show is a risk. Every um, gay club is a risk. Um, But our community is what stands up against fascism.
1: Yeah, absolutely. And that, I mean, I think that speaks so powerfully,
8: uh, both of you to, um,
1: you know, the, the, the sort of need to go out and, and register one's voice and just to, sh- to show up in, in person, you know, in spite of the 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 sort of overwhelmingly intimidating uh, sort of uh, threat of force, the threat of violence that, that comes with, you know, cops and Proud Boys literally standing together, um, you know, standing side by side, sort of watching uh, and uh, and you know, sort of sitting there in judgment in some ways. So, given the importance of that, I guess I would be curious uh, to hear from either of you if you're if you're um, open to this. Uh, what it is that people who want to go out and make their voices heard, who want to join future events like this, because surely there there will be more uh what can those folks do uh in order to stay safe what are the what are the kind of best practices for protesting that we can that we can offer people who who are willing to go out there and fight that fight
8: yeah i like i was saying rely on your community find trusted comrades that you know you can stick together with i mean the buddy system is absolutely real and i know that In one of the official Davis um, press releases about this event, they left their uh, note or editing notes Mm -hmm. live. And in those editing notes, they mentioned methods of staying safe during a protest, but they deleted them in the official release. So I I Hmm. just question where these institutions' best interests are when um they know that not every student has been to a demonstration like this
0: sorry i have one last thing to add it's very interesting that you bring that up um as someone who was also able to view these comments um as it was linked on different uc davis um like uc davis what are these places called like centers i guess mm-hmm. there's like the lgbtq center there's like the what other centers were um, involved in this? There was like the Manasa Middle Eastern, North African um, Student Association. Um, Anyways, all of these groups who are supposedly supposed to keep our community safe were turning down comments of queer folks. Like the people making these comments and these edits on the document were queer and they know how to keep their community safe Mm -hmm. and they know what it takes. And whoever was finalizing the document or whatever, was like I don't really think we need to know this we don't need to share this information with others because if this university is great at anything it's putting trans people in danger it's putting people of color in danger it's putting black folks in danger like even the people who are volunteering with these centers and working for these centers are a part of the university administration and they I don't know like what kind of I don't know, like what kind of like washing of their minds they're doing, like to themselves, in order to play into the status quo. Like you, I don't know. It really, it really hurts to see your own community members really like delete your words for you know, like literally, quite literally, delete your words and not want your community to be safe. So, I really want to thank you for bringing that up. Those are my two cents.
1: Amaranth, do you have anything to add in there?
7: Yeah, um, I did want to also say um, that when we're talking about showing up in person, um, that disabled people are also a marginalized group. That these that these these people like Charlie Kirk would love to not exist anymore. And a lot of the time, especially now with COVID, there are a lot of immunocompromised people who can't show up because they could die. They could catch something and then they could die. Um, when we've got the university just completely throwing disabled people to the wolves, telling them that they can either drop out of school or they can die, um, trying to go to school. Um, there are a lot of other ways to support people who are on the front lines, like archiving when events happen and information, um, like, gathering it and sharing it, connecting radical people to each other, and, you know, finding ways where people can gain access to food and masks and water. Um, These are really important ways to support people on the front lines. Um, Like, again, diversity of tactics is really important, and I don't want us to, to lose that, that, like, If you can show up in person, then that's really great. And also, there are a lot of people who really, really want to and who are down and who know that that's the right thing to do and also who physically can't. Um, So that's all that I wanted to add to that.
1: That's such a great point, Amaranth, that we can add to uh, a, a diversity of tactics, a, you know, a respect for that, you know, just a, a fundamental premise is a diversity of bodies, a diversity of abilities, a diversity of voices. And, it, you know, it takes all of us to, to sort of make this stuff happen. And uh, I really appreciate you bringing that to the table so we're getting close here on time but i just want to you know throw it up into to both of you and ask do you have any last things that you'd like to add any anything else that you'd like us to know about uh the sort of impact of these kinds of events uh on the campus community
8: uh amaranth do you have anything to say
5: um
7: i guess i would just say that like i really hope that like i'm really i'm really amazed with how many students showed up um, because that was showing up out of anger and it was also showing up out of love um, for visibly trans people like me who are exactly the kind of people that um, that this event you know wants to normalize violence against. Um, and I really hope that um, more people, continue showing up because this is not the first time this isn't the last time this is going to happen um like now that tpusa sees that their events are going to be actively protected by riot cops um i mean they probably think they can do whatever they want and the only people that are going to tell them that they can't do that anything they want are us because it's pretty clear that the administration isn't. In fact, I think the administration probably um, is pretty fine with them doing whatever they want. Um, And so we're the only ones who are gonna have to show up for each other and show up for ourselves. Um, And thank you to everyone who did show up and I really look forward to um, to seeing more people do what needs to be done
8: yeah, absolutely. We need um we need to take our campus back cuz at the moment there are folks who want to do us genuine harm. Um it's not just about having some speaker like Kirk here. It's also the people who orbit Kirk who encourage violence towards folks like us. Um but one note on protesting etiquette is um want to be careful of our showing our faces at events like this because um there are known right-wing streamers who desperately want to dox queer qu- queer folk who want to just get your n- name out there so that folks can harass you um it's a good idea not just to protect your uh disabled or immunocompromised comrades to mask up um make your face uneasily identifiable um i just thank you all for showing out and i hope you remain safe yeah
1: absolutely those 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 masks do double duty out there they 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 keep us safe uh and they keep us anonymous absolutely so thank you so much to amaranth and fuente for both all that you do to, to support the cause, but also uh, being here to, to share those thoughts with us today. So we're going to listen to a little more music, and when we come back, we'll do our last segment. Once again, this is No Police Radio, KDVS 90.3 FM.
2: hi this is willie nelson and i need your help our marijuana laws are terribly unfair and they make criminals out of law-abiding citizens nearly 2,000 americans are arrested every day on marijuana charges and we are unfairly destroying the lives and careers of hundreds of thousands of people simply because they smoke marijuana these are not criminals they are average citizens like you good neighbors who work hard raise families, pay taxes, and contribute to their communities. And it's time we stopped arresting responsible marijuana smokers. We need your help to end marijuana prohibition once and for all. It's the fair thing to do.
7: For more information, contact NORML, the National Organization for the Reform of Marijuana
0: Laws. Call toll-free 888-67-NORML or visit their website at NORML.org. All right, and we are back with No Police Radio here on KDBS 90.3 FM. This is Local Bag. And um, in tradition, keeping with the tradition of the style of No Police Radio, we're going to end um, today's show and what I believe is the final like, official show of the quarter um, with our Bad Cop Good Project segment. So, um, Abby, did you want to start off with the good project or should I start with the bad cop?
1: Let's do bad cops first. It's always, all right. It's always best to get the bad stuff out of the way.
0: Absolutely. All right. And drum roll, please. Today's bad cop, Gary May. Woo! Who would have thought? Boo. Boo. Yeah, my bad. <laughs> but yeah, so Gary May, all administration. Um, you're under intense surveillance by the people who you continue to marginalize which includes queer people which includes people of color black people um, you know we are all very very aware of all of the things that you're doing and yeah. your
1: your your title card may say chancellor but when you are the force that deploys the police when you are the force that supports the police then it's pretty tough not to conclude that you are indeed the police. And so putting uh, legions of police uh, in front of an event and then claiming uh, that we're we're there to have a civil debate uh, doesn't quite scan. And uh, that's why you are this week's bad cop.
0: Yeah, hope you sit with that one. I don't think he will. Do you think he's listening? Maybe, unlikely,
1: Mm. but maybe maybe we we, we can always hope maybe something will get through
0: I don't know it will definitely get through the airwaves but whether it goes in one year and out the other is kind of out of our control but yeah Gary May is a cop by any other name
1: so for this week's good project as as implied by our bad cop uh, we thought it was important to uh, as our whole show has uh, to highlight those folks who were out there on the front line Registering dissent uh, and and putting themselves physically at risk in the face of police, of Proud Boys, of the the sort of vanishing slippery line in between, uh, placing themselves in threat of violence to to make their voices heard and to to not occupy the wishy-washy space of official university policy and say this is not right, this is not okay, uh, and who who we can only hope uh, you know. Um, someday fulfill the demand that, that is so resonant in the protest chant from so many of these events that we've had, the strike. Uh, certainly this uh, this event, uh, you know, when they say whose university and the response comes our university, uh, it, it, it truly is their university, the community that's out there on the line. And um, so that's why they are, those folks, this week's good project, so.
0: Awesome, once again, thank you for everyone who has tuned in to listen today um and yeah that was that was uh, the wrap-up of our content for today we're just gonna end the last nine or so minutes with um a couple of tunes for y'all so if you would like feel free to stick around and listen to some music while we play out and thanks for being here abby always a pleasure
1: thank you local bag and thanks for our listeners and for all of uh all of what it took this quarter to get it done we'll be back next quarter with Lots more speakers uh, and lots more good conversation around, uh, as we say in the intro, what it takes to get us free.
0: Absolutely.
2: Music! Non-stop! The star
0: just listen to non no sorry yeah music non-stop by señor coconut y su su conjunto off of the album el baile aleman i've been obsessed with this album recently um played a couple songs on my other show neon lights and um trans europe express yeah on the other shows that i've had but uh great album if you'd like to check it out and let's see (sighs) everyone good luck on finals week if you're a student at uc davis um i'm surviving with what is left of my dry ingredients in the cupboard and today it is planters honey roasted peanuts um yeah been snacking on these all day getting all the good fats in and if i had a allergy to peanuts it would be not not good but thankfully i don't and honestly i'm surprised this only has one two three four five six seven ingredients in it um it's got the honey the roast and the peanuts and four other things but um yeah i think we're going to end today's show with um a song by the one and only nick drake and it is going to be one of these things first off of the album brighter later and once again thank you for all of those who've tuned into no police radio this quarter we will be back most likely at the same time slot every other monday 4 30 to 6 p.m um starting march not march 27th what is the what is the week after it's like april 1st 2nd april 3rd i believe it's going to be the first show um look at me doing a little math um but yeah we're just going to end out with that last song and once again you're listening to kdbs 90.3 fm
6: Air filled with common household allergens can cause headaches, allergies, and even asthma. Here are a few tips to help keep the air in your home fresh. Ventilate the attic and crawl spaces to prevent moisture and mold buildup. Also, use an air dehumidifier or air conditioner to control indoor humidity. To help clean air circulate, Change air conditioning and furnace filters every two months. It's also important to service your heating and cooling systems regularly.